I think most admin is, is avoidable and technology is evolving to get us there. I think no admin is probably not for the next year, so uh, don't get your hopes <laughs> up too much. This is That Marketing Podcast. Made by marketers for marketers. Welcome to That Marketing Podcast, brought to you by Spotly UK. In this month's episode, we're looking at sales automation with Jeroen Kotout, the CEO and co-founder of Salesflare. Jeroen and his team built Salesflare to specifically address several problems that are almost universal to CRM systems. Specifically, the amount of disciplined admin needed to keep them up to date, and also the tendency among providers to bolt on extra functions in an ad hoc way rather than considering the system as a whole. I hope you enjoy and happy marketing. So, Yaron, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast. Um, before we get into all things um, sales automation, for those of those of the audience who've not had the pleasure of coming across you yet, can you give a quick intro to yourself and to, to Salesflare? Yeah. So I'm Jeroen uh, Kortet, co-founder and CEO of Salesflare. And Salesflare is a sales CRM for small and medium-sized businesses who sell B2B. Um, so within a space of many, many CRMs, you can already places like you're a small and medium-sized business, you sell B2B and you need something to follow up your leads. And where we differ from others out there, because that's still a pretty big space, um, is in the way we've built it up. So we figured that anything out there um, was great if you managed to fill it out uh, consistently and completely and have this awesome uh, amount of discipline and time and energy and I don't know what, uh, which is usually not the case where then most right. systems start failing because well, you just don't uh, fill it out as consistently and completely as is expected. Um, and we built something because we figured that most of the data you're actually filling out is already somewhere. We're like, why don't we all integrate that? Why don't we pull uh, who you're in touch with from your your uh, emails and your meetings and your phone calls, get information about them there from like email headers. We have names and email addresses and email signatures. We have more information in social media. There's even more. Uh, we, we base on our email address, know at which companies they work. So why don't we pull in more information about that from company databases? Why don't we pull all the information that is hidden in meetings and in your uh, call history? Uh, why don't we integrate email tracking and web tracking and make sure that basically all of that information organizes itself automatically and you just have to say, okay, indeed, I know this contact at that company. Uh, you can see who your colleagues know at the company already without them having to indicate this kind of stuff. Uh, as you add people, it pulls together the timeline for you so that you, don't, you don't have to log every single thing. So that's why we built Salesflare. And that's the very basis of what we built. And now we are going from there because there's so much data which we can build. We help with all kinds of smart stuff where we say, uh, it seems that you're forgetting to follow up this customer. Maybe you need to follow up. It seems that you're forgetting to answer this email. It seems that this, this misses some meeting notes. To help you as a salesperson um, to stay on top of things, we send notifications about stuff. We give you that overview and more and more we're building uh, automation. So our more of our recent features are like that based on all the data you have, you can start automating emails to people until a certain thing happens, like they reply, for instance. Uh, so that's, that's 
in a nutshell what we're about and where we're going. Right. Okay, yeah, it, it sounds like a fairly common sense sort of sort of solution to put together. How, how do you think we got to this point where CRMs are kind of so universal, but they're they're really quite bad at getting people to follow up, like they require so much discipline to follow up leads when that's it's such a key business process, regardless of what industry you're in? Uh, I think we have to look in um, in a few places. First of all, uh, remembering where we're coming from. Uh, we're coming from uh, these huge sheets, which would go in boxes with all the information about the customers that salespeople who were uh, well organized with keep um, combined with maybe some notebooks and all to um, systems with which would uh, exist internally at companies. Uh, imagine SAP, if you've ever used SAP, this sort of systems. Um, CRMs also look like that uh, until sort of um, like uh, Goldmine came along and modernized it a bit, but then Salesforce took it all to the cloud and made sure that it was more accessible to people, much easier to roll out. Because before that, you need to have this huge implementation in your company. All of a sudden, you could get it out of the cloud, like huge revolution. Um, Salesforce then, to get to the second thing of why it is like that, Salesforce initially started with um, small companies because big companies were not going to make that switch to the cloud, right? So they focused on creating something easier, easily accessible in the cloud. But then as a, as a, as a first player sort of opening that market, uh, what usually happens is that uh, this company goes to where the money is and the money is usually uh, fully at market, the biggest companies focusing on enterprises. And enterprises are not so very concerned about the end user. Enterprises are in an enterprise, the, the balance shifts more to the organization than to the people using a system. So that makes that these kind of systems are, it's more important for them to be um, perfect sort of sets of building blocks with which consultants can do their thing to create the thing that the organization has specced um, than that it is something that you and I enjoy to use. It, it doesn't, it's, it's somewhere there and people think about it, but it's, 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 it's not on top of the list of, of requirements. Um, and then of course, other systems came in. So think, think about the, the pipe drives, for instance, uh, they said, okay, the Salesforce thing, that's not made for salespeople. We make something made for salespeople, but then still uh, opposing just like built for the organizations, built for salespeople, but not rethinking whether actually the approach where you are a sort of a data input robot, whatever, uh, not rethinking that part. And, and I think a lot of what's out there is now shifting. Uh, people are seeing that CRMs are, are, are failing because the way uh, we have thought about it does not work. Uh, it's not uh, static pools of data which you maintain by typing. Um, it can be systems where lots of data flows together now, because of this whole history, a lot of what we know is still stuck in the past. Um, and we have started from the idea that a CRM should be fully automated. And then secondary, uh, you, could, you could adapt some stuff yourself. Uh, 
So we've built it from scratch in that way. While everything that was started before and, and many of, of the ones that started after us also, um, still think from that old model, like where you're manually inputting and then have been adding stuff. So they've been adding an email integration, been adding a calendar integration, but these things are not built in such a way that it's, 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 it's really um, built for automated data inputs. It's sort of afterthoughts uh, adding to the existing way of working. Okay, that's where we hear that statistic a lot, that like 90% of the data in the world was created in the last, is it 10 years, I think, something like that? Yeah. But like it is, it is a new problem to, to solve a little bit. Do you think we'll get to the point where, where salespeople don't have to do any, any admin at all? There will always be an element of... Uh, I personally sales. believe so. I think most admin is, is avoidable. Um, and technology is evolving to get us there. Um, I think no admin is probably not for the next year, so uh, don't get your hopes up too much. <laughs> but um, I think AI, for instance, in, in, in recent um, years, especially if we see, for instance, what uh, things like uh, OpenAI's GPT-3 can do now, is making, making big advancements to, to really make it uh, technically and commercially feasible uh, to take over some of the remaining things uh, and automate that. So when you're thinking about what we map, for instance, already, it's most of what happens in the sales process because most things are digital, but there's still parts out there. Uh, like when you have a call, if it's a Zoom call, that technically um, some service could listen in, this detect your speech, uh, make turn it into text, try to um, identify what it's about, try to summarize things, try to say, okay, Jeroen was speaking a lot, uh, Richard a bit less, uh, maybe Jeroen is a bad salesperson because of that, you know, this kind of stuff. <laughs> and they discuss this and that. And we see that the inflection points in the conversation were here and there. And then, you know, that is possible. Now, and then when you think about some other parts of the sales process that are, that are not uh, automatically mapped yet, like uh, maybe live conversations come back soon, uh, but that could be solved in a similar way where you basically, instead of somebody listening in on the Zoom call, it's somebody listening in on the, through the phone and everything just starts mapping itself. And I do believe that this data collection is, will come to us sooner than later. And that based on that, most things can happen automatically. Uh, Salespeople still have to do some things, but they will be much closer to the point where they basically can focus on their customers, uh, focus on finding out what their customers need, what their context is, how they can guide them from, from having that problem to offering them a solution, um, rather than spending most of their time actually doing other stuff, like administrative stuff that also needs to happen to get it there a lot of that administrative stuff is 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 better done by by computers than it is done by salespeople, and I think it will be make the the sales job also way more enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, salespeople aren't known for enjoying admin, are they? That's sort of yeah. the, the opposite of the of the sort of DNA of sales. I mean, it sounds like a great idea when we when we get this point where every sourceable sort of touch point can be drawn into a system automatically. Do you think there's a risk we get to a point where you've got too much data on a product and you overthink how you go about saying to them and actually it actually starts becoming more of a drag than it does than 
adding any extra value to the sales process? Um, you always need to uh, find that balance, obviously. And I think it's, it's mainly uh, a matter of, of um, the, the, the computers, let's call it like that, um, understanding the significance of what happens and being able to summarize this kind of stuff and offer it to you at, at one level. And then if you want to drill down, you can go deeper. Um, but that if you have a first look that you see things and that you can then go investigate deeper and deeper, I think systems should definitely be built like that. So you're not looking at a massive amount of data and then trying to find the, the, the needles in a haystack. Uh, so we definitely have to build software in that way, but technology is coming to a point that this is possible. Um, so I don't think we have to drown in data at all. Um, more data, the better. Uh, because the more data we have, the more intelligence decisions and um, summarizations and whatever, all this kind of stuff, uh, where AI feeds basically on data. So if we have more, we'll get further there. And us as salespeople will have to do in the end less and get, get more um, uh, helpful help by this computerized assistant. So when it comes to, to rapport building, which obviously is, is, is and is going to remain a hugely important part of the sales process, do you think people are aware of how much data about them is potentially out there? Like, if is there a risk where you get a salesperson mentioning something that, and then, say, if you're trying to sell to me and you mention that, you know, I support Harlequin's Rugby Club, for example, and I suddenly think, I didn't, I didn't or... I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I do, that's, that's a true one. But yeah. Uh, uh, like, yeah, true, like true information, but I suddenly go, oh, I didn't tell you that. That's a bit of a, you know, where did you get that information? Do you think there needs to be a process of people thinking more about what data they put out there before this can be okay? Or is that a, a massively overblown worry? Uh, I think I, I could probably find that out already if I just Google you, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming. Um, <laughs> probably, if I mentioned some or other. I mean, you can, like, like let, let's say, uh, this is like saying like, do you think that by having social media, it will come to a point where people have dates and then uh, get turned off by someone saying like, hey, I saw that you like this and you're like, huh, I didn't say that to you yet. I mean, yeah. for, for sure this kind of stuff is possible, but I think people are, are learning to deal with this. They are learning to uh, use that information, um, but not, um, not make it make it feel awkward. And I'm sure that 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 line is also moving. And people can also decide um, more and more what sort of information they make available about themselves. Um, GDPR also allows us, at least for those uh, residing in Europe, uh, if you want to have your data deleted somewhere, you can. If you want to see what is what there is about you, you can. Um, so I think on the one hand. The line is is moving. People are getting more used to it. But we're also getting more control over it, and we know how to handle these kind of situations. So I, I, I think yeah, a few years ago I, I would have been more cautious about this topic, and I would have been like, okay, where is where is this gonna go? But I think more and more um, we're seeing that things are getting under control. Obviously, there are still issues. I've recently read the book of, uh, of, of Snowden about the whole All right. um, 
um, intelligence organizations basically uh, following all our internet traffic. That's pretty scary. Um, I don't think we're going to get to that level in sales. But no, I, I honestly believe in, in um, how people will handle it um, in the future. Okay, so what, um, you know, this was, we'll start that one again. When people, when you said that this is kind of your platform, it's kind of rethinking the basis of how we've built software. So if people are, are trying to move to, to that kind of solution, to that, you know, admin first for one or usability first to want of a better word for it what are the kind of pitfalls that you you see companies coming up against that they could they could really avoid if they just took the time to think about it when they're implementing um i think the main implementation pitfalls are first not knowing what you're what you're looking to do um if you think specifically about crm for instance lots of people are like at some point like oh, I think we need a CRM. And then they're like, let's type CRM into Google and see what shows up. <laughs> and that's, that's, it's usually not the best way to go about it. Uh, first you think like, why do we need a CRM? It's a very basic question. And then it's like, okay, it's because we need to follow up our clients better uh, or it's because we want to do all this kind of um, fancy email marketing campaigns that will turn more uh, cold leads into sales qualified leads, or it might be because we have uh, an e-commerce shop and uh, we want to keep track of our clientele and, and or we want to organize our, uh, our stock or whatever, and then you're coming into ERP territory already. So, or it might be that um, you're a real estate company and want to keep track of all the interested house buyers and uh, connect them with the right houses and you know this kind of stuff. All of those are different software systems uh, and they might all be called CRM or belong sort of to that space. Uh, but if you're gonna use the one for the other, uh, for, 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 for the, a purpose that, that is not built for, it's not gonna make sense. So that's advice number one, it's very basic, but I know that yep. probably three fourths of people does not follow this advice. So hence uh, I repeat it. Um, second, um, if you know what the purpose is and you 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 find some systems that seems that they are built for that purpose it's good but then it, they will not fulfill the purpose in most cases unless it's uh for your e-commerce shop or whatever um most of these systems if a sales team is involved the full success of that system fulfilling the purpose will be dependent on the sales team because as the sales team does not use the system, does not fill it out, does not, you know, then then the whole system quickly falls apart. Uh, anything that you thought that it will achieve, it won't. So basic advice there is make sure your sales team is on board. So if you make a decision uh, about a system, involve salespeople in, in looking at a few of the ones you've seen, maybe have them come up with others have them use it for a bit. It will make sure that, uh, first of all, uh, it's something they enjoy to use. Um, and secondly, well, there's a, a few more points I could make, but yeah. the most important ones, uh, that they buy in, which is very important. If you just uh, come in and you say, we're gonna use this, they're like, okay, why this? <laughs> Not the kind <laughs> of situation I wanna create. 
Um, that's probably my second point of advice. And then third point of advice um, is if you want them to not just start using it, but also keep using it and keep using it together if you're in a team context um, in a consistent, proper way together, um, then you need to make sure that not only do they understand the software because that's essential to using it um, and know what it can be used for, which is basic stuff where any CRM you, you buy, you will have a knowledge base and then some videos probably, and you can watch those and understand what the software is about. Software is only a thing that enables stuff uh, and can usually be used in multiple ways, especially with CRMs. It's rather, um, I mean, you can do a lot of stuff with, with those. So um, it, as a team, you also need to take a little bit of time to understand how you're going to use it as a team. Have some discussions, say, okay, if we put in that and that, we have a company or so, what we need, which is not a generalistic thing in this CRM is that and that, and we're gonna fill it out like that when that happens. And then if, if something reaches that stage, this is what we're going to do. And there we're gonna hand it over to, you know, this kind of things um, you need to discuss. You cannot just leave it out there um, because otherwise things will, will quickly turn into a chaos. Uh, not just the, the, the data will be completely formatted in different ways. And, but you know, people will not be able to collaborate. Um, things will slowly start falling apart. And before you know it, um, even, even though you selected the right system and your salespeople are on board, it, it, they will stop using it and you will be back at, uh, how do you say it in English, square one? Square one, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and keeping it on the people theme, do you think there's a case that it's, it's still about getting sales and marketing teams to work together to understand what what they need from the data differently? It's, it's that sort of... Um, alignment between sales and marketing is a topic we've been banging on about for for a long time it never seems to get get to a perfect point on a, on a people level how do we how do we advance that i think a lot of that is also dependent on um on providing the right information it's it's in the end it's all about communication flow and communication flow can be the one person telling the other person about stuff um but if you're working together between sales and marketing and you have more than a few customers, uh, you, cannot, you cannot have enough conversations to transmit all the information that the one department has to the other. So how does it happen then? You track information together in one place. Um, and what is most difficult there in terms of uh, generating information is not from the marketing team because the marketing team usually has stuff sort of organized and connected and they can easily track stuff. Um, on the sales team side, however, it is a bit harder um, to keep that data. And so I think that's where most focus should go to, making sure that this happens. And when it does, I believe that this is a strong basis to build that sales marketing collaboration on because if, if, if salespeople don't, um, for instance, 
uh, log in the CRM that they're about to close a deal with a certain company um, and certain people at that company. It might be that um, the, the marketing team starts targeting them for things which, which sort of undermine that deal. For instance, uh, sending some kind of promotion while they're ready to buy without a promotion or, I mean, I'm just um, top of mind, uh, one of the possibilities. Um, that's, that's the sort of stuff you're, you're trying to avoid. And if, if, if all the information is there, then you can avoid it without even having to have a lot of chats with each other. Okay, I think that's a really neat sort of package up of everything we've talked about, getting that information flowing to, to where it needs to be to, to keep the business process flowing is, that, that's probably it from the technology side and from the team side. So um, yeah, thank you very much for being the podcast. Just to wrap it up, where can people find you if they want to find out more about Salesflare and, and follow up this discussion from, from what they've heard from you? Yeah, if you want to find out more about Salesflare, uh, it's easy. You go to salesflare.com and Flare is um, written with F-L-A-R-E, uh, like a flare. Right. Um, you can read all about the software there. You can also see it if you like. You click try it for free. I, I think you don't even have to, we're, we're experimenting with something now that you don't even have to uh, connect your emails or something. You can see the software and then if you like it, you can create an account. Um, and then you have a trial first, somewhere between seven and 30 days. We give you more days on the trial as you set it up. We've seen that people who set it up further in their trial are more successful in the long run. So a bit linked to what we, we discussed before. And if you want to get in touch with me, uh, LinkedIn is the best place. Um, and there's only one person with my name, so it's not too difficult to find me. Uh, do include uh, a personal message if you send a connection request which uh, mentions that, that you've heard this, this talk. Um, otherwise, I, uh, I will not know who you are. I will assume you are another person trying to spam uh, me. Uh, and, uh, but if you do include a message, which is very rare, um, I will get in touch with you and we can have a conversation about whatever you want to talk about. Fantastic. All right. Thank you very much. We'll leave it there. This was fun. Thank you for joining us for another episode of That Marketing Podcast. You clearly have wonderful taste. We hope you found the content useful and, and enjoyed it. We'd love you to subscribe wherever it is you're listening to us. Maybe leave us a review. If you can think of a topic that you, you'd like us to cover, or even if you fancy coming on the podcast and sharing your own experience on a particular topic, uh, you can reach us at marketingteam at spotler.co.uk. Thanks once again and happy marketing.